Hey there, welcome back to the podcast of the Francis Asbury Society. I'm Josh Hallahan, Director of Discipleship. This is episode 64. We're excited to have Reverend Mike Powers sharing the devotion with us. As many of you know, Mike worked for the Francis Asbury Society as Director of Discipleship, uh, and then retired and came out of retirement to lead the development of the Global Methodist Church here in Kentucky. In this devotion, Mike shares his reflections from the past few months of leading that charge and shares from Isaiah 43. This is a wonderful devotion, uh, and you'll enjoy it. Thanks for stopping by. A good day to all of you, wherever you are. Uh, It's good to be with you. Glad we can have these moments together. Uh, Let's pray for a moment, then we'll take a look at some things here from uh, Isaiah Thank you, Lord, for this day, for the opportunity to share across the miles. Thank you for your spirit that continues to work in our hearts and and knit us together for your sake and for the kingdom's sake. Uh, We pray that we'll feel strength as we come together in this fellowship, knowing that we're not alone uh, in what we do, that you called us together, and we find ways to support and pray and and make this journey together uh, with companions who share our hearts. Uh, we pray that you'll uh, convict us of that which we need to know today, that we'll be more faithful, uh, be more fruitful, and Lord, may it all be to your glory. So again, thank you for these moments. Uh, we pray your blessing upon each one and the, the matters of the heart that we bring to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I want to share uh, a little bit reflection on my experience as the uh, as I've been working with churches in the emerging global Methodist church, um, read an article recently by Tom Lambrick in uh, Good News Magazine, and he spurred my thinking, and I, I picked up on the passage he shared, uh, and I thought, I'm going to reflect on that. And I, as I did so, I thought, oh, I'll just share that Monday morning uh, so with, with you. And in doing this, I, I'm, I'm using the context of this developing uh, expression, this developing new expression of Methodism that's called the Global Methodist Church. And in sharing my experience, a lot of this just comes out of conversations with laity and clergy uh, along the way. I'm going to base this on Isaiah 43, uh, verses 18 through 21. Let me share that with you. Isaiah 43, 18 through 21. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the desert and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, uh, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Wonderful passage, and it speaks so much to what uh, what I, I feel like we're experiencing right now. I want to share five statements of two words each. Now, I'm going to say more about it than just two words, but let me just use these five statements with two words uh, to kind of highlight how this is unfolding in in what we're sharing and uh, what I'm I'm seeing happening in these uh, conversations with these. Uh, churches and 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 clergy members across the state here in Kentucky and and elsewhere. Uh, the first two words are let go. 
just let go. Uh, you notice how Isaiah states that, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. There is something that we have to do intentionally, and that is to let go. It has to be an intentional uh, effort on our part because it's so easy to hang on to things that have disappointed or disillusioned or hurt or, uh, or marred or frustrated, uh, perhaps angered. It's all those things that we could just dwell on those things and keep bringing them up. I am appalled, honestly, at so many things that I read on Facebook anymore. I, I hardly look at it. Uh, it seems like everyone just keeps harping about things that really need to be let go. They need to be forgiven. They need to be uh, relinquished. Because here's the thing, it, it takes an incredible amount of energy to hold a grudge. <laughs> and what Isaiah is telling us here is, uh, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. Don't go there, let go, let go. And uh, it is a moment that when we see what we're doing in, in this movement, of, of the Global Methodist Church. We have so many great opportunities before us. I don't know why we would even bother with what has happened and what, what's got us to this point. It's time just to let go of that. We've learned from it. There are, there are unresolved issues, but those are the matters that we take care of deliberately, but we cannot hang on to them forever. So the first two words are let go. Just let go as we move forward. And that applies to any of us that are in, on this journey with Jesus. We have to let go of the past. The second two words are look around. Uh, verse 19. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the, in the wasteland. Look around. In other words, focus on what God is doing in this moment, what God is creating in this moment, what God is promising in this moment. Let go of the past, but look and see what God is doing in this moment right now. Uh, there, is, there is something about, I think, the freshness of God's creation that we often forfeit because we either are hanging on to the past or we're just not looking. We're not looking around. We got our heads down or we're, we're disappointed. But just to think in terms of the opportunity uh, of every day when God's mercies are renewed with the dawn and uh, the promise of, of God's creative power and, and presence, just who God is doing a new thing. Uh, it's, it's, it's God's uh, revealing of himself and of his heart every single day. You know, I often think of that, uh, well, let me, let me just say it this way. One of my favorite movies is Field of Dreams. I did, I, 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 I'm a baseball fan, for one thing, and it's easy for me to watch that movie often. <laughs> and I always just enjoy the characters. I enjoy the, the, the plot. You know, it's new agey in that way, but that, I don't get, I, that doesn't bother me. What I love is just the, the theme. But there's a scene in there where, uh, the players are playing out on the field from the past and one group of people are really enjoying them and the other people can't even see them. They don't even notice them. They don't even know they're there. They think it's all make-believe. And it's almost like uh, they're not, <laughs> their eyes are closed or their hearts are closed. They can't imagine. And all of a sudden then it, it dawns on some of them as, as that happens. But 
some can and some can't. But I think what, what God is trying to say to us is open your eyes and look around and realize what I'm doing. I'm doing a new thing. His creative power. The third phrase, two words, hold on, hold on. Uh, start with that last part of verse 19. Uh, I am making a way in the desert and streams in the, in the wasteland. And then verse 20, the wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the desert and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen. And I want to stop right there. That God is our provider. God is our savior. God is our shepherd. Uh, and what we have as we open our eyes, we see the goodness of the Lord. What he's saying is hold on to the promise. Hold on to me. Trust me because you have something new going on. You don't need to hang on to the past. Hold on and uh, to, the, to the promises of who I am and, and who, I, who I want to be in your moment, in your life, in this moment, in this situation right now. I don't know if you've ever seen that book by Stephen Covey. Uh, it's the son of the original Stephen Covey. This is Stephen Covey Jr. Uh, called The Speed of Trust. You ever see that book? The Speed of Trust. And then the subtitle is uh, The One Thing That Changes Everything. Trust Changes Everything. Uh, now, when you don't have trust, it breaks everything. And I honestly think that's what's happened in the United Methodist Church as I've been a part of that. We've just broken trust. We've broken relationships. And uh, we, we no longer really honor and respect each other as, as you have to in the body of Christ. And, and how do you restore broken trust? Don't want to go there. What I want to focus on is the fact that we hold on to, to, to God. We hold on to the, the promises of God. And, and, and we understand that it's not something we're obligated to do. It's based on trust and, and relationships. The thing that I'm finding as I go out among these churches is I'm, I'm sort of turning the table on them because I think they felt like, well, we don't trust the leadership. We don't trust what's going on. We don't. How can we trust you? How do we know you're not going to be just like what we're getting out of? And I just turn it around on them. I say, well, the difference is, is that we trust you. We trust you. We have confidence in you. That, that you can hang on to the promises of God, that you are fully able to live as disciples and that we do not have to dictate to you and we don't have to be in a relationship with you that is some legal document about property. It's about trust and trusting relationships. Uh, and isn't it interesting that in that passage, how Isaiah writes that it's the wild animals and the jackals and the owls and Jesus talked about the sparrows, they didn't have any trouble trusting God. <laughs> they were just hanging on every day, the, the, the promises and the goodness of God. Uh, we, we can learn from the out wild animals about holding on, just holding on. That's how good, good God is. The fourth phrase, two words, is reach out. Now, I'm, I'm stretching this a little bit, but if you look at, at verses 20, 21, the wild animals honor me. Uh, they they hold on, they respect me, they trust me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the desert and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen. Then verse 21, the people I formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. 
this this idea of reaching out is that it's it's all about connections. It's the it's the idea of that we're not independent. We really are dependent upon each other. We're dependent on the goodness of God. We're dependent on each other. We share this life together. I, I like what Tom brings out in that article. He talks how Wesley said that there are no holy solitaries. There, you cannot be a, a lone ranger Christian, is what we'd say in our in our generation. You cannot be a Christian by yourself. We understand social holiness, not in terms of social justice, about doing holy things to, to people in need. We understand whole social holiness in terms of how important it is for us to be connected with each other, to grow deeper and more fully into the, uh, the life of, of the spirit. No one can do that by him or herself. We are in covenant relationships. We are dependent upon each other. That is, is how we live out in, in terms of the, the heart of, of the revelation that God has given us in Jesus is that it is in that uh, it's in that uh, connectedness that we have, that, that life together that we have. Uh, the, the very character of God is formed in us as we understand how we share this with one another. So this idea of, of reaching out is that we cannot experience the fullness of what God wants to be in us and through us, uh, the life that we have longing within us for something more uh, without our connectedness. And so uh, the people I formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. This is what God desires in us and we cannot be the, get there by ourselves. And the last phrase I've talked about, let go of the past, look around at what God's doing, hold on to God's promises, reach out and be connected to be the people of God that God wants us to be, to, to, to allow his, the fullness of his spirit to shape us through one another into the people he wants us to be. And the last phrase is just simply this, praise God, praise God. And it's so simple, isn't it? That the single-mindedness, the sola gloria, the glory alone belongs to God is really what it's all about. Just to praise God. The witness of the pure heart is the love and devotion and honor and glory to God alone. Isn't that true? That the greatest witness we have is when we glorify God. Single-mindedly, wholeheartedly, without compromise, uh, without shame. We glorify God. Uh, I, I love being at the commencement at WBS over the weekend there in Jackson. And to hear people praising God as somebody was was given that diploma or or hooded with that with that degree it was just uncontrolled un what uh, unfiltered joy and praise to God and it was a celebration I, I I love being there part of that that my friends I believe is is what it's all about when, when I think about the church that I want to be a part of and I hope that we're shaping in this global Methodist movement. The thing that we want to do above and beyond all things is to, is to honor and praise God, to give God all the glory. It's not about what we do better or what we do differently or what we do uh, with 
with great compassion and great conviction. It's not about us. It's not about anything we do. It's about glorifying God. And let that be our single-minded devotion, our single-minded commitment. Uh, what if we did that every day, each one of us in our ministries? Today, I want to glorify God. I want to please God. I want to bless God in everything I do. Single-mindedness there. That's where the people of God are created and the witness in the world. And that's what I'm hoping for this church, that we really have that single-minded devotion to do that, to let go of the past, to look around what God is doing, to hold on to his promises, to reach out and do this together, to share this life together, praising God, just praising God and giving him glory. One final thing, uh, when I was really wrestling whether to take this on because I was, I thought I was going to enjoy retirement in a little different way. Uh, God gave me a verse. I've shared this with many of you. Uh, Psalm 102, verse 18. And it says this, let, let this be written for a present generation, uh, for a future generation, uh, that a people not yet created may praise the Lord. So what God convicted me of is, Mike, this isn't about you. It's about your children's children's children. It's about them. That People not yet born, disciples not yet made, may praise the Lord. And I thought, I want to be a part of that. <laughs> I want to be a part of that. So that's the sort of a testimony of why I'm doing what I'm doing and what I hope I'm doing and what I hope we're all doing and what we're praying toward. Uh, as this emerges, we really want to be a part of what God is doing. Uh, we want to look around and see it and embrace it and really take on uh, this, not just for this moment, but for the future disciples yet unborn. So may God help us pray for us. And, uh, it's, uh, it's a moment I didn't think I would live to see or even have the opportunity, but now that we are, it's like, Oh Lord, don't let us mess it up. <laughs> don't let us mess it up. So pray for us. And we, uh, Thank you for the opportunity to share with you. Thank you, Mike, for that great word. And thank you, listener, for stopping by. As always, we hope and pray that these devotions are an encouragement to you. Help us out by sharing them with friends and family. I want to let you know, I know it's a few months away, but October 15th through 18th, FAS will be partnering with Mike and uh, Trinity Hill Methodist Church, now part of the Global Methodist Church in Lexington, and hosting a Holiness Preachers Conference. And we would love to invite you uh, to join us for that. I'll put information in the show notes, and you'll hear more about that soon. Well, thanks again for stopping by. Take care. God bless.